it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting today from deep inside the D.C. swamp. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Monday, back in action, returned triumphantly from Clearwater, Florida, where we sold out the Capitol Theater, but today... I am in our nation's capital, and I will be spending some good quality time in this hour with one of the stars of the Big Whistleblower hearings on Friday, also a star of my new Fox Nation documentary. We'll get into that later. But joining me right now at the tippy top of the show, superstar representative from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, Jim Jordan is in the house, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, man. <laughs> Jimmy, good to be with you, brother. Happy Monday, man. You, uh, too. you is, too. Is is it not crazy that like Fox thought so little of me, you know, being on the road doing comedy, that they made sure I had a co-host for the first hour on Monday, or at least the first, you know. I don't think you put me in the co-host category, but I'm, I'm uh, pleased to be with you here, man. You always, you always make me laugh on whatever show we're doing. Oh, my man. You said that exactly the way I wrote it down. Okay. So thank you. That's the 20 bucks. We'll give Russell the 20 bucks on the way out of here. Yeah. Well, for everyone listening at home, happy Monday. Uh, we're back in action. We did survive Clearwater, Florida, and I'm down in D.C. because we're filming a documentary about the moon landing. Of course, we went to the moon July 20th, 1969. That's not true. They just played a game show buzzer. I'm being silly. And uh, Representative Jordan was kind enough to give us a minute of his time seeing as Neil Armstrong from your district. From our district. The great, now, the great county of all glaze. And, and out there in Wapakoneta, Ohio. Now, I bring up uh, Neil Armstrong and his flight to the moon, not to discuss that because the doc premieres on August 16th and we need him to watch it. I don't want to give it away now. Yeah. You don't get to see the bride before the wedding, folks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But we're going to talk about D.C. transportation for a second, because I flew in yesterday from Clearwater when we got done with the stand-up gig, yeah. uh, and I had some errands to run. Okay. Uh, rather than walking all over town or trying to find an Uber, I actually got on one of those scooters. Did you really? Now, can a man see? Six- I want the picture. I want to see a picture. <laughs> That's what my wife said. And I was like, you know, I pictured myself in a car the whole time because I don't want to know what it looked like. <laughs> I assume I'm 6'1", 245. Yeah. I look like a bear on a tricycle <laughs> riding a scooter around D.C. I'm prob- there probably There's got to be a picture somewhere. Someone probably took them and laughed Anyone listening, off. post it now. Anyone listening, <laughs> post it now. Any of you who have a picture, if, post it. If you were anywhere near the Nordstrom's rack yesterday on 12th Street, you might have saw me. Because I yeah. had to get, what happened is I typed it into my phone, and it was like I was like three miles away from my hotel. I'm like, I am not walking yeah. three miles. I mean, yeah. if you, you understand what my comedy shows look like, these, <laughs> these people don't show up to laugh and meet you. They try to kill you. It's an assassination <laughs> attempt. They buy you a 1,000 beers, yeah. they, anything you can think of. And uh, I was in no capacity yesterday to walk three miles. So I'm like, yeah, I'll get a scooter. I'll look cool. Stop it. <laughs> I, I saw myself in one reflection and never looked at another piece of glass <laughs> the rest of the day. How fast is I've never done one. How, they move pretty good? They probably do, I would say, 35 with you on them with well, me on them it's like it was three this, this scooter sounded like it had emphysema 3.5 no like, oh, i'm oh, sure oh. i'm sure you're 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 selling yourself short you're nah we had fun it was great it was great it's actually a gorgeous day uh down here in dc it was a gorgeous mm-hmm. day over at the rayburn building by you over there and uh 
You know, I'm in pretty good spirits, but I'm also just getting caught up over what went down with the whistleblower hearing, which I think is really fascinating in that, you know, a whistleblower traditionally is somebody, you know, that would get some reverence from the, you know, the other side. That was a pretty hostile reception, no? Oh, it definitely was. And and you're right. Typically, they're appreciated because they're coming forward and giving us information that, you know, on wrongdoing that they see in in, in our federal government. And these guys did that. But for guys that that testified last week and others like them, we wouldn't know about the DOJ targeting parents. We wouldn't know about, you know, them targeting uh, pro-lifers praying at a clinic or Catholics attending mass when we, we learned from the, the, the Richmond field office that memorandum. They put that ridiculous memorandum. I, t- I told Duffy, I, when you read that memorandum, by the way, it, it basically is if you're a pro-life Catholic, they come after And I told Duffy, I was reading through it, and I said, I thought of your family. Because, yeah. you know, him and Rachel have like 30 kids, and they're like pro-life, pro-family <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it's true. Good, good Catholic, good, good families, period. That's who they were targeting in this radical traditional cat. But we know about those things because great brave people like Garrett O'Boyle, mm-hmm. Stephen Friend, Marcus Allen have come forward and talked about those issues and others. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they were retaliated against. What they did to Garrett O'Boyle, uh, unbelievable. I mean, crazy. What they did to his family. Yeah, and we're going to get into that. Jim Jordan is in studio joining us off the tippy top of the show. The Duffies actually have so many kids, they could have been on that show Hoarders. <laughs> Like, I'm like, why are you on Fox? You probably make more money on reality TV. <laughs> They're a great family. And, and, uh, but you think about it. That's the left's mindset. Yes. You're not allowed. Oh, you can't have seven kids, eight kids. Now, you can't have that. You can only have 2.2 because we're, we know the, the, the climate and the planet. and all. Like, what are you talking about? That's not America. That's, but that's the crazy left. Well, that's the part I find frustrating if you were talking about this on a broad scale. The point of America is everybody can do whatever the heck they want. It's called freedom. Yes, but they're trying to create like this – I don't want to say it's a one-size-fits-all. It's a their-size-fits-all. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one-size-fits-all, but they want you wearing a kid small. Yeah. You yeah. Know? They want you wearing whatever they tell you, yeah. including a mask. You know, Dr. Fauci, which <laughs> didn't, didn't – Can I tell you a funny One of the story? many things he told us that was not accurate. Uh, yeah, I will go. tell you a funny story about Fauci. So over the weekend, we're in Clearwater. Kennedy does some impressions. She does a good Bernie Sanders. She does a good AOC. Yeah. But the, the Fauci one is the one that gets the crowd worked up the most. Yeah. Like they laugh at the Bernie. They laugh at the AOC. They and get she's mad. Like, but she, yeah, she says people are mad, man. Because yeah. people are – they're not going to forget. They and, are. And they are. What a, he put us through. A lot of people are trying to sweep it under the rug. You know, oh, yeah. we didn't want to close schools. Yeah. We didn't want to close time businesses. Time to move on, they say. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> time. No, we gotta, anytime they tell you we got to look towards the future, they're yeah. telling you they did something pretty bad. <laughs> well, they sure did. Everything he told us was not what it turned out to be false. Yeah. You know, he told us that it didn't come from a lab. It wasn't our tax money. That wasn't gain of function research. The vaccinated can't get it. The vaccinated can't transmit it. He told us mass works. And, and he told us for the he told us, like, what, what would they be the first virus in human history that there, that natural immunity wasn't wasn't there? Like, what are you talking about? Dude, you're a doctor. Isn't you're 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 the you're the supposed to be the smartest man on the planet. I, what I, the heck? I think the most damning thing he said though was in a back and forth with Rand Paul. Rand Paul was like, "Hey, can you tell me if anybody on the panel recommending these booster shots is making money on yeah. stocks?" And he goes, uh, "You know, under the law of 1979, I don't have to answer that question." Yeah. Which is a yes to me, of course, of course, because <laughs> you'd want to deny it if you could. Yeah, but under oath, he wasn't gonna. Which I yeah. thought that part was pretty frustrating. Now, really quick, because we have breaking news on the show. As me and you get on the air right now, Tim Scott has just launched a presidential bid from South Carolina. We didn't hear much of his speech, but something I happen to possess on this show 
Okay. Is what Tim Scott has confessed to me is the most damaging piece of opposition research anyone's ever going to find on him. <laughs> well, Tim's a good is, man, so you must. That's I don't what, know I, what you have. Well, this probably is the most damaging <laughs> stuff because Tim Scott is a good guy. Takes yeah. his ninety-six-year-old mom to the movies. Yeah. When Tim Scott comes on the show, the more he talks about his mom, the more I realize the wrong Scott is running. He should just <laughs> run his mom, and we could win this thing. But Tim Scott has told me, okay, that Rocky Three, okay, it's the Rocky where he fights. Hulk Hogan before fighting Mr. T, Clubber Lang. Yeah, Clubber Lang, yeah, okay. He tells me Rocky Three is definitively the best Rocky. Now, that's been a major point of contention on the show through the years. Yeah. I've had some people back him up. Brian Kilmeade, you know Kilmeade well? Yeah. Kilmeade actually likes Rocky Three because of the drama. Mickey dies in the run-up yeah. to the fight against oh, Mr. Yeah. T, that's Clubber good. Lang. He yeah. loses the title. He gets it back. Uh, I know you've already endorsed someone for president, but can you endorse Tim Scott for Rocky movies, or are you still a Rocky one guy? Well, I kind of what, what the, the is it Rocky? Which one has the, the Drago? Yeah, Drago. Four. That's four. four. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love that one because that's just that's, Cold War. Yeah, that's apple pie. That's like when I'm what I've been eighty. I was a senior in college, so yeah, I, I like that one. And then, of course, when Drago hits a machine, and, like breaks the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, like that's what Rocky's got to go <laughs> up against now. So no, you they, love that one. They sell you Rocky four hard because he goes to Russia, yeah. trains in the snow. Yeah. yeah, they fight on Christmas Day, and yeah, he's in the snow with the thing on his back and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now let me. Ask you this when you were a young guy watching Rocky because I've had this to this experience okay everybody wanted to be Rocky because he's the champion of the world and he's fighting did you watch Rocky and want to be Rocky because I didn't have that ambition I was out of shape I wanted to be Pauly you know the brother <laughs> I was like you know the I fact we- that you said that I've ne- you're the first person I've ever met who has said that sentence well Pauly's got the gig is the thing all Paul has got to do is, is, is spend Rocky's no. money, yell at the sister, yeah, so and he doesn't have to get hit by the well, Russians. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the generation where I grew up. Uh, so when I'm in high school, it was, it was Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Durant. Great yeah. fights. It mm-hmm. was Ali Frazier, Ali mm-hmm. Foreman, Norton, mm-hmm. all those amazing, amazing fights that you watch. And boxing, now it's UFC. Yep. Back then it was boxing and the heavyweight. But then, like, Leonard and... and, and uh, Oh, uh, Leonard Hagler, Leonard Durant, Durant, yeah, Durant, Durant could yeah. fight. I mean, mm-hmm. those were some great fights that that I remember watching in high school. R- Roberto uh, Duran was a beast. Yeah, Real. yeah. So uh, I remember all that. So yeah, yeah. I wanted to be Rocky, not yeah. Polly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Polly had the gig. Jim Jordan is in studio. Some hard hitting journalism coming out of the Fox Across America team right now. Uh, listen though, when I watch when I watch Rocky Four, okay. <laughs> This Speaking one of hard-hitting journalism. No, no, yeah. but really quick, and then we'll wrap this up. In the yeah, next well, segment, we're going to do grown-up stuff. Okay. Don't worry about it. But when I watch Rocky IV, okay, you know, we talk about you grew up in a generation where we don't spike the football. Yeah. Okay, and Stallone grew up in your generation. Yeah. Isn't it almost too much that we not only fought him in Russia, we fought him on Christmas Day, and the Russian crowd starts cheering for Rocky towards the end? Did Stallone, how close did Stallone come to reigniting or, or bringing us to the precipice of a World War III, knowing all the tensions <laughs> well, in the world? I'll actually tell you, this This is interesting because I, I, uh, I wrestled in, in – uh, what was in the Soviet Union? We were in the in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, this match was in uh, Erevan, Armenia, mm-hmm. which is part of the Soviet Union back in these days. This is 1987. Okay, boom. And um, I watched in uh, um, the American uh, uh, in the in the in the match. Okay. No, this is a tournament finals in Tbilisi. Excuse me, I got, I got it right. Tbilisi, which is in Georgia. In the finals, the American on our team is wrestling a Russian, a Russian. So not wrestling a Georgian. I mean, from yeah. someone down in that part, and. The place actually cheered for the American. Did they, they, they though? They so appreciate Dave Schultz, who had, he's the guy who was it was killed by John DePont. It's crazy. But Dave Schultz was the guy. Uh, he had been to Russia story. so many times, mm-hmm. 
and was actually could speak the language some. They appreciate, and he was a great wrestler, which they, you yeah. know, they, they appreciate in that, that country. It's a good wrestling. It's huge over yeah. there. So I actually saw something similar to what happened in the Rocky movie where it was, it was uh, Georgians cheering for the American against the Russian. Wow. In, in, uh, in the finals of this tournament. That's intense, man. And it was, a pa- it was one of these Cinematic. Crazy, crazy packed houses because mm-hmm. they, 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 they liked the wrestling over there. Now, of course, the match ended, and according to Adam Schiff, that man was given a piece of... <laughs> An invitation to collude with a presidential campaign <laughs> 40 years later. He's like, listen, the guy's going to run in 2016. Is, yeah. does, does anyone in D.C. take Adam Schiff seriously? Well, this Durham report sure, sure puts uh, all the folks, and particularly the media as well, who went along with this crazy thing. No evidence, no probable cause, no predicate uh, to start the investigation. Um, the, 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 he says the FBI failed in its fundamental mission of fidelity to the law says the FBI had a trusted source who came to him and said, hey, this whole Trump-Russia stuff comes from the Clinton campaign. Oh, we're going to ignore that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to launch this investigation. It was as, as damning a report as you could see for the folks who were telling us there's more than circumstantial evidence yeah. that Trump colluded. It's a, it's, it was all oh, BS. Adam Schiff in collusion, it was like, you know that friend who has a hot girlfriend but she doesn't live around here? <laughs> hey, are we ever going to meet this girl? No, no, she's on a modeling shoot. That was collusion. We, we yeah. never got to meet her. She was always busy. She was always somewhere else. You always have the appropriate enough. Well, I got to put it on. I got to put it on my level. Say, yeah, you know, you're, you're talking in real depth of knowledge here. I've got to put it in Jimmy Fallon terms. But I always think when you look back on the Mueller probe and the, what I guess the goal was is if Putin wanted to destabilize America, I think the Democrats did a better job of doing it than Putin could have. Yeah, well, I mean, look, look, we've now had two special counsels who come back and told us the same thing. Yeah. There was nothing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mueller told us that. No collusion, no, no, no conspiracy, no coordination whatsoever. The Durham report says none of that. And, oh, by the way, they knew it when they started. Yeah. They did it anyway. I yeah. mean, that, that's basically what Durham says. And you're like, that's how crazy. So last week was not a great week for the DOJ and the FBI no. <laughs> because you had the Durham report. You had the whistleblowers that come and testify. And you had that news report. 278,000 times mm-hmm. the FBI was querying a database on American citizens, yeah. for goodness sake, that they shouldn't have done. And like for every one that they, was ma- they were maybe uh, allowed to under their rules mm-hmm. to, to, to look into, there were a thousand that they couldn't. It was yeah. something like crazy, crazy yeah. uh, percentage here. So it's, it's, it's really troubling, and it's why Speaker McCarthy is, is, has the Republicans in Congress focus on doing our oversight duty. Thank you. Uh, more with Jim Jordan after this on Fox Across America. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We, of course... Have a few more minutes with Jim Jordan, and then I believe he's going to start for the Reds. <laughs> they are uh, 
I don't want to rub it in. You're slightly off on that. You, you got swept by the Yankees over the weekend, and I don't want to rub it in. Uh, but every time I, I run into Jim Jordan, he'll always bring up the glory years of the Reds, the 70s, maybe 1990. Rose, yeah, yeah. The, Joe you, Morgan. You, you were just talking about Barry Larkin, though, and Eric Davis, and, you know. Sabo. Of course, of Paul Chris Sabo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually is wearing the Chris Sabo goggles in the studio. <laughs> Right now, like we're going to hit them grounders in between commercial breaks, which, of course, is not true. Okay, but one thing you and I uh, have watched in our lifetime is the average salary in baseball go from an era where when Pete Rose and Joe Morgan were playing, those guys sometimes had jobs in the offseason because they didn't make as much money as they do now. Okay, now they make a gazillion dollars. But the only reason I'm bringing up the form of payment is I just wanted to ask you this question. Uh, Something we learned about Hunter Biden last week from your buddy James Comer. Have you ever heard of a legitimate business transaction that involves the money going through 15 different (laughs) shell companies before the grandkid gets the cash? (laughs) 15 different LLCs coming from someone (laughs) who's suspicious, foreign national, through a bunch of LLCs, and then goes to all kinds of family members. But but don't don't worry. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. If yeah. you were a major league player and you're like, all right, well, the Reds signed you to a 10-year deal. Now, in order to get paid, <laughs> we're yeah. going to send the money. Right. You'd be a little concerned about how Marge Schott was raking in the dough. Yeah, in order to get paid, we're going to have some uh, Russians send it to the LLC, which goes through a bunch, and then we'll give it to your, uh, to your you know, uh, sister-in-law. It's bananas. But, you know, thinking about the state of the country, you know, and how well, we're obviously not very united right now. But in a normal world, this would be cause for concern for the other side, too. Are they kind of taking their eye off the ball on the left in the sense that they don't want to acknowledge anything that damages them politically? But have we hit a level of potential damage where they kind of owe it to the rest of us to pay attention? I think so. Uh, I, I do. Uh, and, and I think that not just with uh, the, the Biden family mm-hmm. so-called business operation, but uh, frankly, the stuff we're, we're, we're seeing from some of these other agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- this is the same administration that, that tried to create a disinformation governance board and tell you what, what Americans could say, couldn't say. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did it in the Department of Homeland Security. They're, they're supposed to be focused on protecting the border and protecting the country, and they're, they're, they're going to have a, oh, you can't say this, you can't post this, you can't share this. Well, what, what are you talking about? So uh, let's hope that's the mindset that some begin to have. And this, I think it's interesting that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running. Yeah. Uh, and Kucinich is chairing his campaign, which I just <laughs> – that's hilarious. And, I, and I, I, Dennis is a friend. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's some, some, some wake-up well, happening over there. Well, I got a feeling. We got about 45 seconds to go. You know, Scott got in. We heard DeSantis is going to get in or later in the week. But I have a feeling on the Democratic side you might get some people jumping into that race. You know, Biden shakes hands with a few more invisible people. You might see Gavin Newsom pull his jersey out of the rafters or somebody like that. Yeah, there's not only that. There's the fact that they haven't done anything right. Yeah. In fact, well, this- it's worse than that. They've done everything wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and intentionally, whether it's, you know, the inflation problem, the crime problem, the energy problem, the border, no, no border now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, how we're, how we're perceived internationally in, in, yeah. in foreign policy. So, uh, yeah, but that's why, that's why I'm, I'm for Trump. I want him to win. Boom. I think he's going to, um, and you know we'll get back to as president. As Make president America said, great again. I think is what you're saying. Make America great Jim's- again and win again. Well, there you go. Russell's got to get to the bar. We'll see you. Okay. I was seven years old when my parents divorced. We moved in with my grandparents, my mom and my brother. We all three shared one bed and one bedroom in that 700-square-foot rental home. But my grandfather said to me, son, you can be bitter 
or you can be better. But you can't be both. You see, he chose patriotism over pity. He focused on the windshield of his life and not on the rearview mirror. And today, I'm living proof that America is the land of opportunity and not a land of oppression. Whoa, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Tim Scott. Throwing his hat in the presidential ring, we have a response from the DNC headquarters. Oh, oh, no, no. They are horrified. Okay, Tim, to be clear, okay, I understand what the polling tells you about Donald Trump, and I understand political insiders tell you Ron DeSantis is the guy. Wrong. Okay, but Tim Scott, just so you understand, is the team nobody wants to play. Why? Because he takes away the most significant portion of the Democratic offense, which is to get out there and call Republicans a bunch of bigots. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But you understand, it's a lot harder to do when you got a guy like Tim Scott who has just his story is the best story. Okay, Tim Scott was born and grew up in a different version of the South. Tim Scott was raised in the era of the Dixiecrats when the Democrats were still in bed with the Klan. You know, this sounds shocking. It's a shocking thing to say. But Joe Biden eulogized, eulogized a grand cyclops, a former grand cyclops in the Ku Klux Klan. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Think about that. Joe Biden, who likes to tell you white supremacists are the biggest threat to this country, he likes to tell you all the time, Joe Biden eulogized Robert Byrd. Robert Byrd was a member of the Klan that the Democrats sent to Washington. So understand, when they get out there and howl and yell and scream about racism and bigotry and everything in between, 99 times out of 100, it's to take the attention away from their own racism. Okay, one of the things they hate the most about Tim Scott is he has a pro-life message. The Democrats, the party of abortion, abortion, 80% of its victims are black children. Okay, abortion, Planned Parenthood, it was founded by Margaret Sanger, the patron saint of Planned Parenthood. They've quietly had to scrub her name off of just about every one of her buildings because if you read two paragraphs of any article about her, She tells you she saw abortion as a form of eugenics and population control. This could be a problem. And the Democrats knew it, so they were like, all right, no more talking about Margaret Sanger. But abortion was started to control the black population, okay? They now champion it as women's empowerment. That's what they, no, it's women's empowerment. Don't have a baby. Don't do the most rewarding and fulfilling thing you could ever do with your life. Get back in your cubicle, lady. Your life, your value to this world should be defined by... How much you do with your career. And to be clear, my career matters a lot to me. I understand people that are in pursuit of all types of excellence and achievement and enlightenment and everything in between. But the Democrats have sold abortion. It has gone from safe, legal, and rare to like a hot topic brand. Like we're proud is what they do now. That was embarrassing. But that's what they do. It's disgusting is what it is. Get past embarrassing. It's disgusting. And the fact that they support not only abortion, but late-term abortion, when the baby can live, okay, beyond the mother, 
the Democrats are still in favor of killing That's him. That's not right. No, it's not. But the fact that a member of the black community comes along and tells a story of empowerment, of victorhood over victimhood. Tim Scott grew up when the deck actually was stacked against you. Tim Scott had a grandfather who was forced out of school to pick cotton. That's the Tim Scott story. Okay, Tim Scott grew up in an America where they could throw you out of the classroom and into the field if you were a member of black America. That's the type of stacked deck he fought against. The son of a single mother who was at the absolute lowest end of the socioeconomic scale is now on the ballot potentially as the Republican nominee if things go his way. It's an incredible story of empowerment. And it's an incredible story about racial progress and tolerance that the Democrats don't want you to hear. The Democrats' entire ethos revolves around convincing black Americans that the America in 2023 is the America in 1823. This is absolutely gross. But that's what they do. Okay, let me give you a little more, Tim Scott. It's it's crazy. He's talking about the left wing. Okay, here's a minute of Tim Scott going right in on the radical left, clip 39. Our nation is retreating away from patriotism and faith. The fewest people in 30 years believe that their kids will be better off than their parents. And the radical left is pushing us into a culture of grievance instead of a culture of greatness. My mom worked 16-hour days as a nurse's aide, changing bedpans and rolling patients. It was hard work. It wasn't glamorous. But those 16-hour days put food on the table and kept the lights on. They empowered her to move her boys out of a place filled with pain into a home filled with love. My mom's work ethic taught me that there is dignity in all work. And that's why... And that's why I know if you are able-bodied, you work, period. Now, that's where Tip Scott, like for me personally, you've heard him on the show a lot. I really get a kick out of talking to him because I love his story. It would help this country so much if we could get back, get back to where we were on race, okay, just before the election of Barack Obama. Don't be thick, all right? No. The, what, what the Democrats did, it's so funny. You've, some of you have heard me tell you this story, okay? But I'll tell it to you again. Okay, when I was a New York City cab driver, I did not vote for Barack Obama. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant mother like you. All right, well, I didn't think you'd like that, but that's a little harsh. But the point is, I did not vote for Barack Obama in 2008. However, him winning the presidency was significant to me as a cab driver. On the day he was being inaugurated as the president of the United States, I pulled my cab over when I heard his inaugural address coming on to actually park and at the very least give America credit for being so much further along on race than it had been in previous generations that a guy had grown up to be elected president. We had officially lived up to the moment where we could truly claim that anyone, literally anyone, could be president here. If Barack Obama was the president, born to a mixed marriage at a time when that was, to be clear, kind of frowned upon in society, they had no money. Okay, the odds of him being president on the day he was born was about one in 83 quadrillion. 
Mathematically, I don't know what a quadrillion is, but one in 83 quadrillion, same odds of Biden speaking in one complete sentence. But the point being, Obama was now the president. He was getting sworn in. I pulled over in my cab and was like, wow, like America actually did the thing. We've actually finally achieved the thing. Okay, we have a black president for the first time in our history. We are finally done talking about race. (laughs) But that's what I thought. Like, I legitimately thought as I was sitting there listening to Obama's inaugural address, I was like, wow, no more playing the race card or something. Well, to be clear, they hadn't played it up until then. But Obama's election ushered in the era of identity politics where the Democrats and their allies in the media, every time Obama had a bad idea, they're like, well, what's so different about this president that the Republicans don't like his idea? What's going on? Democrats are so full of crap. Totally, because some of the ideas were just bad ideas. Okay, the guy gave $50 billion in cash assets to Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the That's world. stupid. Use your common sense. And anyone who spoke out against it was called a racist. They're like, wow, it must be racist because he's a black president. Now, there's no color president that anyone would be okay with giving $50 billion to a country that has vowed to blow Israel off the map and spends its weekends chanting death to America. Okay, Obama had a lot of bad ideas, but the Democrats tried to insulate him against criticism by ushering in the era of identity politics, where we went from a Martin Luther King worldview of we're going to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin, to the color of your skin is everything. And that's the era we live in now, weaponized identity politics. Okay, whether we're talking about transgenderism, whether we're talking about you know being gay, whether we're talking about being black, being a woman, whatever the heck it happens to be, someone pretending to be a woman doesn't matter. Okay, the Democrats want you to believe that the only reason anyone takes action on anything in life is because of some type of discrimination inside. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. The truth is we are the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. But the Democratic grift is on denying people that reality. So Tim Scott getting out there as the guy running for president who literally came from the lowest starting point of anyone who's ever run for president, of anyone who's ever held the office, no one has started on a lower end of the socioeconomic scale than Tim Scott. Okay? Obama would be right there with him, to be clear. Give him that credit. Okay, but these guys, their stories represent the spectacular possibilities of life in this country, and that's why the Democrats don't want these stories being told. The Democrats don't get out there and tell you, you know, that we should be celebrating the achievement of Barack Obama. The Democrats send Michelle Obama out there to tell us day in and day out that black women are oppressed. Oh, shut up, woman. But that's what they do. Michelle Obama's giving you an interview in a $30 million beachfront property telling you, shut up, the black women, it's so hard, it's oppressed. Not even close. But that's what they do. They're using the ultimate symbols of achievement to sell you defeat. Because they want you to depend on the people in Washington, D.C. for your well-being. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And that's why they hate Tim Scott. Tim Scott doing it without the government. Tim Scott, who said something in that soundbite I just played, that is so, for me on a personal level, when he talks about if you're able-bodied, you should be out there working, you're damn right you should. 
And that's the part of the democratic ethos I resent so much. My wife is a special needs teacher and teaches kids who physically can't do for themselves. And when you're taking a generation of able-bodied Americans, as the Democrats have, and tried to subsidize every second of their day so they can depend on you for votes instead of depending on their own self-reliance, their own ambition, their own determination, the Democrats are eroding everything that matters in life when it comes to the rights of the individual, the responsibilities of the individual. Okay, and Tim Scott's saying, no, if you're, we, you know, we want to live in an America where if you're able to work, you're able-bodied, you go to work. Okay, we have a social safety net for people who can't do for themselves. But even those people, okay, will get out there and work. My grandmother was a double amputee. You know what she did when all the surgeries were done? She had a telemarketing job where she could work out of her house. That's what she did because she wanted the dignity of work still, okay? And, of course, the guy didn't pay her at the end of the first two that's weeks. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, that's how they did her. She didn't get paid. But she found another job after that. Okay, the point being is the Democrats keep selling people on this idea that you can't get by in 2023 without the government intervening on your behalf because we're such a racist, discriminatory society. Tim Scott is proof that not only can you get by on 2023 on your own, but you could get by in 2013, 2003, 1993, and of course 1983 when Tim Scott started working at a movie theater in South Carolina and declared that Rocky Three was the best Wrong. movie. Well, Tim Scott is armed right now with more money than anybody in the race. He has quietly raised a gazillion dollars. He has the best story. Does he have the best poll numbers right now? The answer would be no. But as people get to know him, you're going to come to realize whether he's the nominee or not. I mean, that's not for me to decide. I don't want to be in charge of our democracy. But if you were to ask the Democrats behind closed doors, I've asked strategists on the air. You've heard me talk to Kevin Walling. You've heard me talk to Tarloff. Okay, but if you were to ask them behind closed doors, Tim Scott's the guy they don't want to run against because he takes away the black card. Okay, the Democrats run on Republicans are racist. They hate black people. That's most of their that's most of their pitch because it's not working as hard. They're now running on Republicans are a bunch of transphobes. They want to kill all the trans people and round up the gays. And again, that's the other portion of their pitch. They don't have an idea on how to lower crime or lower inflation or close the border. They just want to tell you they'll protect you from all the pretend racism and discrimination that's going on in the world today. Okay, for Tim Scott to be in the position he is right now, it means not only are we not racist today, but we weren't racist 10 years ago when he was serving in uh, this Congress. Okay, we weren't racist five years ago when he got elected to the Senate. Tim Scott is the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress. He did that growing up in the deep south when things were really difficult and far more adverse for the black community. Okay, I'm not telling you we're perfect, but we're never going to get there if we don't acknowledge how much work we've done to get here. Okay, Tim Scott is an acknowledgement of that work, of that sacrifice and that progress. And that's why they're about to say everything known to man about this guy so they can try to ruin him before people hear his story. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Going to head down to Raleigh, North Carolina real quick. Get my man Harold on the phone. Yo, Harold. Hey, thank you, Mr. Phillip, for taking my call. I, I'm, I just, just called me to ask the NAACP. Is there any other, any other city I shouldn't go to besides the state of Florida? You know, <laughs> you know it's funny. Chicago, Philadelphia, where people, black people are getting shot left and right, but it's okay to go there. That's crazy. Harold, it's funny you say that. So I'm going to cover the story in the next hour uh, for people listening at home. The NAACP has issued a travel advisory to black Americans telling them to avoid Florida because of its open hostility (laughs) towards black Americans, which I'm only laughing at, Harold, because you might not even know this. Do you know where the chairman of the NAACP lives? Florida. I'm quite sure he (laughs) lives in a gated community. In Florida. (laughs) He does. He lives in Florida. Uh-huh. In a gated community, and before you before you go, my daughter lives mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm a retired police officer, and I'm on. I don't want to go to Baltimore to see my daughter. I don't want any problems. I don't carry cash. I don't want to deal with squeegee people. And they sh- they shoot people left and right in Baltimore. And I got out of state plate. So what do you think they're going to do if they see my car? Yep. They're coming for you, man. Baltimore, Chicago, Philadelphia, all of these places run by Democrats. Okay, so, oh, by the but way, it's okay to travel. Uh-huh. It's okay for black people to travel there, but don't go to Florida. <laughs> it's, but it's weird. Like the NAACP is like really undermining the the whole purpose of the organization, which I guess has you know lost its way a long time ago. But they're just a Democratic lobbying arm now at this point. They they, they don't they don't have the interests of the black community at heart because they don't fight for voter registration. They don't fight for school choice. Mm-hmm. They, 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 don't, they don't fight for any of those things. But God forbid if you go to Florida, and if the only way you're going to have a problem in Florida as a black person yep. is if you go to the hood. It's simple. Yep. Very well said as always, Harold. We'll do it again, my man. Have a great day, brother. Stay safe. There goes the great Harold. Back after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action live from the D.C. Swamp. It is Fox Across America. I am at Fox headquarters here in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be joined by Kat Kamek, superstar representative from the great state of Florida, someplace I just returned from hours ago. Uh, Jim Jordan was here earlier. Uh, You will be tasked with keeping me company in this hour. 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in on any of this. You know, the only rule on the show, regardless of where we're broadcasting from. So you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is on a big Monday. Uh, If you're watching Failavision tonight, I'm scheduled to be on the Sean Hannity show. Uh, Tomorrow you'll catch me on Waters World. Uh, Wednesday we're doing a live Hannity Thursday on the Ingram Angle, you will not see me anywhere near a TV set on Friday. There is no way. I'm going to go have a catch with my kid. Uh, It's Memorial Day weekend. We'll be setting aside some time to think about the troops. And uh, we will be probably uh, barbecuing and drinking within an inch of our lives if I know the fail of drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Well, man, oh boy, oh man. Where we are about to go in this hour <laughs> might be a really good time to be fat, drunk, and stupid. Okay, the president of the United States was over in Japan, the G7. He gave a speech. I don't speech, remember that ever happening. But it did. And in this hour, I want to talk about some of this stuff. Okay, Biden, as you know, we're coming down to the debt ceiling now. We're close to defaulting. We have until June 1st. I don't throw a lot of weight into this stuff on the air because – my opinion is we'll ultimately wind up making an 11th hour deal. He's scheduled to st- speak with 
House Speaker McCarthy today. They're scheduled to have another meeting. Uh, And I don't know how this will resolve, but it's so procedural. And there's so much wonkiness and spending that when it comes to the debt ceiling, my approach is a very basic one. You're supposed to run the country like you run a household, whether you have a family, whether you're living alone. Okay, the reality is we all run some sort of a household, okay, a household that has X amount of income and Y amount of bills. Okay, we make this much. We owe that much. We want to do here but we need to pay for there, you understand? And it's that basic responsibility of trying to manage your income-to-debt ratio in a way that allows you to get by, maybe even save a little bit, but certainly prioritize financial responsibility over fantasy. Okay, are we prioritizing financial responsibility in Washington, D.C.? The answer would be no. Not even a little. We're close to $32 trillion dollars in debt. That can't be good. It is not good. Okay, we are at a point now where within the next decade, the interest we pay on our debt will be the biggest percentage of our actual spending in Washington, meaning we will now be a person who is just making the minimum payment on their credit cards. Now, I know what it's like to be that person because I've been that person most of my life. I was a cab driver. I don't have any money. I've told you this before. People talk about not having money in the bank. I didn't have money in the shoebox. We were going to the bank in Nike. Jenny and I were hoping to get lucky enough that someday we could enroll in the bank of Reebok or maybe the bank of Adidas. That was before they started modeling women's swimsuits (laughs) with a bulge in the the front. What the hell did you just say? I mean, yeah, there's a side piece of commentary. Adidas, we covered this on Gutfeld the other night when I was guest hosting. Uh, Adidas has a male modeling women's swimsuits. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know, but it is really crazy to think, you know, with everything you know about, like swimsuit issues and, you know, adult magazines. I love it when you talk dirty. But seriously, when you think about like a professional swimsuit shoot, okay, over the years, the things that get airbrushed out of a swimsuit photo, they're like, I don't like this mole, airbrush it out. It's got a little dimple on the shoulder. We'll airbrush that out. I don't, you know, the one eyelash there, could you color it in a little bit more, make it a little more pronounced? Yeah, we'll airbrush that. Don't worry about it. But they're leaving in a penis? This is ridiculous. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) But the point is, if you now look at a women's swimsuit ad... Okay, with all the things women are made to feel self-conscious about in this world. Okay, are you telling me we're now going to be living in a world where women need to be self-conscious about the size of their genitalia? Not in my world, ladies. Don't save up money to get a Brazilian ball lift. You don't need one in my world. But in the democratic world, it's so crazy. They are erasing women biological men are erasing women. They're now taking women's swimsuit endorsements. Target, now selling swimsuits that have a tuck area. So if you're a man wearing a women's swimsuit, tuck it on I'm in. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. I don't know. I, you know. I'm not saying I don't tolerate it. It's America. Be inclusive. You know, anybody can be anything they want to be here. But the fact that they're forcing it on us on such a grand scale, 
is why I think this culture war has become as intense as it has, is there are a lot of people that passed biology class. And that's why they don't believe men can get pregnant. It's not because they're transphobes. It's not because they hate these people or wish them any ill will. It's because for as far back as we remember, we all agreed with Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers was not considered a transphobe. He was considered the most iconic children's TV host of our lifetime. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. If he said that to the DNC and the modern Democratic Party, they'd be like... He should be behind bars! They'd lock him up. They'd be like, people are going to die. You can't speak honestly about that. And that's where we are in our politics right now. The reason the Democrats are going to really go after Tim Scott, he just launched his campaign. We covered it in the last hour. We're going to cover it in the next hour. But they're really going to go after him because he forces an honest conversation about race. And the Democrats want nothing to do with an honest conversation in this country. Nothing to do with an honest conversation about race. You have a good eye, my man. Oh, man. Nothing on earth. Think about it. The Democrats trot out people who are elected representatives of our government to tell us that this is an oppressive country. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. I mean, seriously, maybe not insane, but you know what you do sound? In all honesty, if you're an elected representative of our government and you're telling us we're a white supremacist nation, what you sound like is someone who's full of Okay, but think about that. AOC. This government's misogynist and racist, transphobic, anti-woman, anti-minority. AOC is a dope. Of course she is because she's elected to Congress. How many people? I mean, we're so oppressive in this country. We're now electing the people we oppress to run our lives. That's what they want you to believe. That is offensive and it is not true. Not even close, but it's bananas to watch this play out. But it's not specific to race. It's not specific to transgenderism. It's specific to everything Democrats do. Okay, when you talk about the debt ceiling, okay, right now, the Democrats, this is the big impasse. They want to increase spending levels at a time when we're $32 trillion in debt. What the Republicans want to do, this is it, without boring you to death, is they want to return to pre-COVID spending levels meaning Trump, for most of his presidency, was a fiscally responsible president. The Trump tax cuts were the biggest accelerator of household wealth for the middle class and lower class Americans in the last hundred years. Okay, in fact, if you're having an honest conversation about the Trump tax cuts, go look up the New York Times of all places. New York Times is not exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly. They hate Trump. But they, to their credit, acknowledged that the Trump tax cuts were a good thing for the middle class and the lower class of America and acknowledged that almost 90 percent of the wealth accumulated because of those tax cuts went to low-income Americans. The Trump tax cuts, in theory, actually hurt rich Americans. The Democrats tell you, oh, Trump just sold out to his rich friends. That is a lie. Because they live on identity politics. It's simple. Oversimplify the message. He's hooking up the rich people. Look. Look, he's doing it again. Do you believe that this? Balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. 
they don't want an honest conversation. So you understand the Trump tax cut's good for the country, okay? And Trump, by and large, was a fiscally responsible president until COVID hit, and then they just spent everything known to man. Okay, they did. They, you know, so much of it. Okay, and what this Republican position when it comes to the debt ceiling entails is bringing spending back to a pre-COVID level and also recouping a lot of the money that's gone unspent. Do you understand? We gave school districts billions of dollars, and they still didn't reopen. Randy Weingarten fought tooth and nail to keep the schools closed, and then she turns around now and goes, I was the one who wanted to open them. Oh, shut up, woman. Totally. I mean, Randy Weingarten, are you kidding me? She gets on every day. You are so full of sh**. Totally. But so is Biden. Here he is telling you, he's the president of the United States. He was in Hiroshima. Peter Ducey asked him about the debt situation. Biden says he would not be to blame. Clip one. Would you be blameless in a default situation? On the merits, based on what I've offered, I would be blameless. On the politics of it, no one will be blameless. I think there are some MAGA Republicans in the House who know the damage that it would do to the economy. And because I am president, and presidents are responsible for everything. This guy's a serious ass. So he's saying, well, the Republicans, they just want to sabotage the economy. They know that would hurt me politically. But am I actually responsible that we're in this position? No, because I've done so much. No. Joe Biden, just to be clear, ran as what? He was the guy that could unify Washington. He's been around. He knows how to make deals. He can get together, work with the other side. That's what I'm going to do. His whole entire ethos is based and predicated on nothing more, nothing less than just trashing the other side. He doesn't have policies. He doesn't have anything that can help your life. I mean, there's not a single person who can say yes if you ask them if they're better off now than they were when Biden was elected. The only person who would say yes to that question is someone running a drug cartel or a human trafficker, something of that nature. Everybody else listens to, Joe, are you better off now than you were when Biden got elected? The answer would be no. No way. Okay, but he wants you to believe, ah, the Republicans, they won't do the no. Okay, spending is out of control. X amount of income, Y amount of bills. Because the Democrats are so aggressively selling government dependency, they don't want to rein in spending. Because in their eyes, every entitlement program comes with some votes. It's also why they've left the border as wide open as they have, because they have it in their head that a lot of these people would eventually be able to vote Democrat. I can play you ample sound clips of the Democrats saying that. Oh, the Republicans are just scared because the electorate is changing. And when you acknowledge that the Democrats have said that, they go, oh, this is the great replacement theory. It's racist. It's the Republicans. No. Then why aren't you securing the border? I have no problem with people coming to this country legally and voting for whoever the hell they want. That's the whole point of a democracy. But the truth is, I don't see this as like a great replacement theory that Republicans should be worried about. I think it's something Democrats should be worried about because the God's honest truth is, Most people who come into this country legally resent what's going on at our border. If you're legally registered to vote in this country, you don't like an administration that undermines your standing as a United States citizen, as a taxpayer. You don't admire an administration or a Democratic Party that doesn't prioritize the safety of yourself and your family when it comes to fentanyl flooding our streets. Okay, but the Democrats have it in their head that if they just yell racist loud enough, every minority will vote for them. But polling shows that it's not going to work 
because at some point you need a deliverable. Okay, we're going to talk about it in this hour. Ice Cube, the rapper. Okay, Ice Cube was on a podcast over the weekend. And he said Democrats, okay, need to prepare for a reality where black people start looking outside of the Democratic oh, Party. I'm in trouble. But why is he saying that? Why are so many black Americans saying that? Why are so many Democrats horrified by the idea of Tim Scott being the Republican nominee? Because that would force them to answer for their record. Okay, and the problem right now is when it comes to their record of delivering tangible improvements to the black community, they don't actually have one. You're absolutely right. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to be talking to Florida Representative Kat Kamek in the next hour. Right now, it's just myself entertaining you, doing what I do best. I'm down in the D.C. swamp. I'm working on a documentary for Fox Nation. Uh, it's about the moon landing. It's going to come out August the 16th. So earlier today, I was inside the Capitol looking pretty swanky in a suit. <laughs> Well, I looked good enough. And the point is, I was inside the Capitol. I went over to the Rayburn office building. I met with Jim Jordan uh, because Neil Armstrong is from his congressional district in Ohio. So Jordan weighed in as part of the documentary. It was actually pretty fun. I'm still getting ready to interview William Shatner. Uh, we may have Elon Musk as a part of this. It's a pretty cool documentary. It's pretty silly. Uh, and you'll see it August the 16th. But that's why I'm down in D.C. I'll be back in New York tonight in the building. I'm scheduled to be on the Sean Hannity show. So we'll see if Amtrak cooperates. Uh, people who aren't cooperating right now are, are elected officials in Washington that are about a week away from a default on the debt ceiling. I don't know that we'll get there. I don't want to bore you with the wonkiness of spending and how it works. The only thing I want to tell you is uh, it would help if everybody just stopped spending. <laughs> That's it. You can, you can run a government. It's very simple. Okay, X amount of income, Y amount of bills. Okay, if you make this much, you need, uh, you know, if you uh, you need to spend that much. If you owe this much, you need to not spend even more. Okay, you find yourself in an unsustainable position. Now Biden definitely feels the heat, and he's definitely a little irritated from all the travel. Here he is yelling at a reporter. I thought this was funny. It's clip two. Mr. President, how concerned about, are you about the debt talks at home? Not at all. It's it's started off. Shush up, okay? Thank you. Um, the, uh, it goes in stages. I still believe we'll be able to avoid a default and, uh, we'll get something Whoa. decent done. This guy's a serious ass. <laughs> tells a hey, shut up. Well, it's got a little snarky there. But here is Biden, and I wanted to play you this clip. Tell me, tell me if you can follow what he's trying to say here. This is clip three. And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're, uh, in terms of, uh, taxes that they refuse to. For example, we, uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years the deficit that we uh, were, were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made Forty four hundred billion dollars or forty billion dollars, four hundred billion dollars that uh, they uh, 
They pay zero in tax. Zero. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. <laughs> that was really tough to follow. For example, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything well. From example, the deficit was accumulating. But if you look at it, I'm not being facetious. This isn't a joke. $400 billion. When you look at the corporations, I mean, folks. We have a president that is clearly not all. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Having a grown-up conversation about all things America. Got a border that's wide open. <laughs> Might default on the debt ceiling. Crime is up. Inflation's at a 40 Biden high. is such a disaster. It ain't pretty. Uh, but it could be worse. You could have a President Kamala. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 So silly. Let me give you a... Uh... <laughs> Woo! Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked why Kamala is not leading the negotiations on the debt ceiling. Uh, Peter Ducey asked her that over in Japan. Here is her attempt at a non-answer. Clip four. Why doesn't President Biden trust Vice President Harris to lead these negotiations? Well, well, I disagree with your uh, the premise of your question. Uh, the president does does well. Well, let me. The president entrusts the vice president, as we all know, as we have stated many times. She she was in the meeting that with the congressional members that occurred very recently, right before the president left uh, for Japan. She has been in regular conversations as well, and has been in in conversations with the president. He has taken her uh, consult and listened to her advice, as he always does on many issues. This is one of many issues, and so that has not changed. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> That's all she's really saying. Is you can't, we can't have a, a substantive conversation uh, if this woman is in the room laughing randomly at everything that comes out of our mouths. <laughs> That's essentially Kamala. I mean, if you want to know why she's not in the room, okay, this is why... <laughs> She's not in the room. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be, unburdened by what has been. I mean... When you listen to that chick, I mean... This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. <laughs> it's, it's the one thing. You know, Republicans attacking Biden, and again, he's a mess. Everything's bad in, under his leadership. But the idea that Kamala Harris, the woman who can see what has been or can be unburdened by what has been, whatever the hell that even means, I don't even know. You're an idiot! 
Seriously. Okay, but understand that she is the next person in line to the presidency. Great move if you're Biden, because nobody ever wants to shove him aside. He doesn't have to worry about the 25th Amendment. Joe Biden could be out there day in and literally standing at the podium telling people he was Batman. And they're not going to get rid of the guy. He literally, because uh, she's in the on-deck circle. Biden, I'm Batman. Oh, well, don't go anywhere, Batman, because when we come back, I mean, that's what's going on. It's a mess. Okay. But what people try to do is they try to conflate criticism of Kamala Harris as somehow being racially motivated or gender motivated. It's a, you know, well, that's why they're cr- criticizing Kamala Harris. They're a bunch of racist misogynists. You can't just make up lies about people. But, yo, it's not the Republicans, okay, that told us this gal was a dummy, okay? Kamala ran for the Democratic nomination, and the Democrats had her at 1% in the polls. 1%. So if we're all a bunch of racist misogynists for having her at about 36% approval rating— What does that make the party that had her at 1%? He's got a point. Folks, when someone is playing the race card in the year 2023, 99.99999 times out of 100, they're full of Okay, a good example. The NAACP issued a travel advisory over the weekend telling black people... I'm laughing because of the shamelessness of it all, and I apologize. But the NAACP issued a travel advisory telling black people to avoid the state of Florida because it's openly hostile towards black Americans. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Okay, understand. Okay, and this is my favorite thing in the world. The chairman of the NAACP. The guy who says, you should avoid going there. It's not a safe place for black people. You know where the chairman of the NAACP lives? Florida. Oh, wow. Is he uh, putting his house up for sale? The answer would be no. Interesting. See, uh, issuing a travel advisory telling black Americans to avoid Chicago? Highest murder rate in the nation? The answer would be no. Weird. How about Baltimore? Any, any the answer would be no. Okay, this is not again. This is the NAACP and all of these lobbying arms. I mean, maybe Philadelphia with the soaring murder rate. Surely they've issued a travel advisory for black The answer would be there. no. Weird. Not Los Angeles, not New York. You understand, black people. Okay, black-on-black violence is responsible for 99% of black murders in this country. Okay, are anybody talking about it in the Democratic Party? The answer would be no. Okay, ever, never. They don't care. Black lives don't matter as much as black votes. That's just reality. Okay, if this was all about just championing the upward mobility in the black community, number one, there'd be a lot more excitement about Tim Scott launching his campaign today. Number two, we'd be focusing on substance instead of pretend racism. Okay, Al Sharpton, who is a grifter, just a straight-up, you know, him and Benjamin Crump, just straight-up circus (laughs) Okay, 27 people have been killed on the New York City subway this year. Okay, 
90% of them were minorities. Okay, did the Democrats march or protest or cries of the racism? Answer would be no. Not at all. But Jordan Neely, who is, uh, was sadly uh, died on the subway at the hands of a Marine named Daniel Penny. Okay, Daniel Penny, of course, was assisted in subduing Jordan Neely by a black passenger. Daniel Penny, of course, now criminally indicted. Anyone saying a word about the black passenger that the helped? The answer would be no. They're literally creating a lane of racism. Jordan Penny, okay, Jordan Neely, anyway, was not subdued by Daniel Penny because of the color of his skin. He was subdued because he was threatening people. Bingo. He was going crazy on a train full of people, oh, by the way, the vast majority of whom were minorities. But here is Al Sharpton doing what the NAACP did, just playing a race card for no reason, a race card that they know isn't true, fanning the flames of division that they hope can benefit them. Okay, what the NAACP did in issuing a travel advisory against going to Florida was not look out for black lives, but look out for black politicians who happen to vote Democrat, who happen to be Democrat. They were just trying to tarnish Ron DeSantis. Hey, you know, this DeSantis guy's out to get the black people. Never mind that Florida's got black congressmen, some of whom will appear on the show quite frequently. Fastest growing black population in America happens to be down in Florida. And yes, the chairman of the NAACP happens to be down in Florida. And he ain't leaving. Do you understand? He feels perfectly fine, safe there, because he is. Okay, but this is what they do in this day and age. Yelling racist puts social pressure on people to vote a certain way. Well, if the other guy's accepted as racist, hell, they advise black people not to go to Florida. Listen, folks, you're a lot safer in Florida than you are in Baltimore, than you are in Philly than you are in Chicago, than you are in Minneapolis, than you are in New York, than you are in Los Angeles. What do they all have in common, by the way? They're not run by Ron DeSantis. They're run by Democrats. But this is the card they play. It's fake racism. Okay, but fake racism endangers real people. That's the problem we have in our society right now. Okay, some of this crap, man. Here's Ice Cube. It's on something called the Full Send Podcast. Okay, and he's talking about black people have been supporting Democrats for 50, 60 years. Something needs to change because they have nothing to show for it. Here it is, clip 34. I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like, black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for Mm -hmm. 50, 60 years. And... And nothing has changed, so something's got to change. Come on, man. No, I mean, that's reality. The Democrats don't offer deliverables. There's no deliverables, okay? You don't legislate towards color, towards skin color. You're supposed to legislate towards opportunity. You're supposed to legislate towards a level playing field and creating a rising tide that will lift all boats. Like what Tim Scott did, to his credit, he did this with President Trump, is they ushered in $75 billion worth of opportunity zones in low-income black communities with the thinking being, okay, most violent crime in this country is a crime of opportunity. When people don't have as many legal means to make money, they're more likely to make it illegally. The drug trade, robberies, carjacking, stuff of that nature, it's not specific to race, not on any level. 
if you took any race, any race, and restricted their upward mobility economically, it would only be a matter of time, regardless of what race we were discussing, before people started to find ways illegally to make money because they need it. Okay, but what the Democrats would rather do than prioritize, I don't know, keeping people safe or stimulating their economy, is the Democrats would just like to stand on the top of the mountain and tell you everyone is a racist, so vote for me. Everyone else is a racist. Here's Al Sharpton, okay, and I want you to hear this Al Sharpton clip. What a dirtbag. Okay, but he's a race pimp. He's made his living dividing society. Jordan Neely, who I could tell you as a cab driver, I knew who Jordan Neely was. Jordan Neely was a a Michael Jackson impersonator on the subway. He stopped doing that around 2012. He had a lot of psychotic breakdowns. I don't know that he was on drugs one way or the other. I don't want to speak to his intake. But he had the behavior of someone that I would have assumed was on a mountain of drugs. And around 2012, he started popping up in Reddit feeds around the city of people saying, hey, stay away from the Times Square breakdance guy. Because he was. He was a Michael Jackson impersonator. to walk up and down 42nd Street. And around 2012, 2013, I see him every day when I was driving a cab, just freaking out on people, screaming at people, running after people. I mean, it was, you know, it was a wild guy. And it's unfortunate that he wound up in that position. But the city isn't prioritizing mental health and the well-being of people like Jordan Neely. They're just letting them ride around on the subway all day. Okay, they're letting them sleep on the subway. They're letting them sleep on the streets. And a guy like Jordan Neely, who, again, doesn't deserve to be dead, left a lot of people on a subway train feeling like they were going to be dead if he wasn't subdued. Understand, Jordan Neely has 42 arrests on his record. He has an outstanding warrant for punching a 67-year-old woman in the face. So when Al Sharpton gets up there in front of the microphone, in front of a room full of people that are hoping to sue the city and win a civil suit, and tell you Jordan Neely was killed for the color of his skin. He didn't do anything wrong. Okay, that's who Al Sharpton is, okay? He's a guy who is a race pimp. He is there to get people agitated, and he doesn't care about the effect it has on society. He doesn't care that it's making every black American in the room less safe. Okay, who do you think's getting thrown in front of the train? Women, okay? Black women, Asian women, getting attacked on the subways. Is Al Sharpton talking about how we make our subways any safer? The answer would be no. Not at all. Nobody cares. Okay? They don't ride the subway. What do they care? Hey, I'm just going to get out of here and yell racist, and then I'll pass around the collection. Please give us money. That's all it is. Here's Al Sharpton, clip 35. There was no weapons. There was no language. Nobody was threatened. And you grab them and put them in a chokehold. Oh, man. Two people hold them down. And you go to the precinct and they let you go. If Jordan was impersonating Elvis Presley, if Jordan had been a different race and they had him impersonating Elvis and a black guy put Elvis impersonated in a chokehold and two black guys held him down, they would not have let that black guy leave the precinct that night. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I mean, seriously, Al Sharpton, my you man. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, disgusting. Just disgusting. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Yo, just to be clear, okay, because again, he's reducing it all the way down to race. Jordan Neely wasn't impersonating Michael Jackson on the train that day. Jordan Neely was threatening women 
and children. That's true. That is true. Jordan Neely was not out there as a Michael Jackson impressionist. Okay, he had stopped impersonating Michael Jackson about a decade ago because sadly the guy suffered a psychotic breakdown and spent most of his day screaming at people on the streets and on the subway. There's an actual Reddit thread from 2012 saying, avoid the Times Square Michael Jackson. He seems to have taken a bad turn and has become very violent. Okay, that's who Jordan Neely was. But the idea that Al Sharpton, oh, if he was impersonating Elvis, he'd still be alive. I promise, guys, there's no race, none, zero, zip, zilch, none, that people are okay with you threatening their lives. It's not like, oh, this guy's threatening to kill us, but it's a white guy, don't worry about it. This guy's threatening to kill us, he's Latino, don't worry about it. No, no, no. I mean, this is so crazy. But Daniel Penny, the guy who subdued him, was a United States Marine, okay, a week from graduating college. He was a guy who had seen some things, okay? He's a Marine. Do you understand? He's trained to handle adversity. If a Marine is on the train made to feel unsafe enough for his fellow passengers that he needs to spring into action and subdue the threat, I promise you there's something going on on that train that ain't good. You're right. You're right. And You're right. Never mind that he was assisted by a black passenger which means race wasn't the only factor. Okay, but Al Sharpton will get out there anyway because yelling racism might light society on fire, but if you're a Democrat, it pays really well. Money, 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 money. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be joined by the legendary Cat Kamek in the next hour. I am, of course, down in the D.C. Swamp. I'm heading back to New York after the show. Scheduled to be on Hannity tonight with Sean Hannity. So much to talk about. Right now, we're talking about the fraud of the Democratic Party. These race pimps and grifters, the NAACP, issuing a travel advisory to the state of Florida for black Americans. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, nothing to be said about the cities where black Americans are getting killed in record numbers like, oh, I don't know, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Minneapolis, Milwaukee. But nah, let's howl on and on about Florida. Come on, man. You can't handle the truth. No, you can't. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. Back in action for a big hour coming to you live from the D.C. Swamp. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All of my views still remain intact so far two hours into the show as we start hour number three. No lobbyist cash has come under the door to try to change my viewpoints, but that's pretty much how this town works. Joining us in the hour will be one of its inhabitants, Representative Kat Kamek from the great state of Florida, is going to be in this studio. She has to follow Jim Jordan's opening act. He had a pretty strong performance out of the gate. But in this hour, we will talk everything. Uh, Tim Scott got into the ring today. The NAACP issuing a travel advisory saying black people aren't safe in the state of Florida that Cat is from. Democrats are so full of crap. 
totally, but we'll discuss it. There's a debt ceiling battle. The border's wide open. I mean, the country's... Biden sucks. Is he ever? We'll try to clean it up, though, in this hour. 888-788-9910. Get out the old radio mop, if you will, and we'll talk turkey. Can we still talk? Has turkey been banned? Is, <laughs> is there any form of animal protein I'm still allowed to have in this country? I'm not sure. But what a dumb time to be alive. A couple of the things I wanted to get into. Okay. We're doing a little spring cleanup right now over the weekend. I was down in Clearwater telling jokes at a sold-out Capitol Theater. Thank you to everybody who showed up to Clearwater. Uh, thank you to everybody who flew American Airlines from Clearwater to D.C. yesterday. I got treated like uh, everybody's really nice, man. People meet me. It's a totally different animal. Okay, there's a lot of folks on Fox that are on TV every night that are like stars. Like, they're like TV people. Like, Jesse's pretty. If you meet Jesse Waters in person, oh, he's pretty. He's good looking. He looks like he belongs on TV. I look like I installed your TV. That's the difference. So people see me, they get excited. Okay? And they're like, it's my buddy. You know, they don't go, oh, my God. They just go, hey, Jimmy Fallon, you got change of a 20. But if you want to talk about people they're excited to see. Okay, coming into my studio, she's about to sit down. She's just getting into town. We're just kicking off the hour. And I'm going to try not to get emotional because her presence means a lot in my world, as you know. But she's a superstar representative from the great state of Florida, and she is joining me in, in studio. It's like a less glamorous sleepless in Seattle. We didn't have the budget for the top of the Empire State Building, so we got the second floor of the Fox News Bureau in D.C. Cat Kamek is here, and the crowd goes wild. Hi. Ooh, little Ric Flair action for you. No, that was big. That was Nature Boy. Yeah. And you're in the Speedo, which is hot. Listen. I, I didn't see that coming, but here we are. And I wore your favorite. You did. Pink. No, you did. Cat <laughs> <laughs> Kamek. Jim Jordan was here. He was your opening act. He, it was a career highlight for him. He said he, when he got into <laughs> politics, he wanted to open for Cat Kamek someday. So I don't doubt that as we speak, he and Russell are over on LinkedIn gussying <laughs> up his credentials now that he can say he opened for Cat Kamek. But good to see you, boo. It's good to see you, boo-boo. I got into town yesterday. I was down in Clearwater slanging jokes. Oh. And I got into – I know. I got into town like late yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's a whole to-do. We'll mm-hmm. get into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I rode a scooter yesterday because I had to get to Nordstrom Rack. Are you in one piece? Yeah, no, I'm fine because I wasn't at like one of your D.C. brunches because I didn't realize <laughs> – what people don't know about D.C., it's really funny. It's like the people who live here full-time mm-hmm. that work on you know stuff, okay, they're all like raging brunch alcoholics. Yeah, it's a thing. No, it's a real – It's like, a thing here. You can't look in any direction at noon on a Sunday and not see a 21-year-old girl throwing up on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I like my chicken and waffles and my 18th mimosa. <laughs> That's what it is. Everything's it's unlimited, right? Yes. So I am do not look like a guy. I'm a six one. I don't belong on a scooter. Okay, I shouldn't be anywhere near a scooter. I look like a bear on a tricycle. But I saw is enough. Is this like the Uber? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah. Scoot, swipe your credit card Ooh, and cheat death. Okay. Ooh, dangerous. But I took like two steps out of my hotel yesterday. Saw the conditions of the sidewalks. It's like San Francisco. <laughs> it's on a Sunday. <laughs> DC turns into San Francisco, and there are things happening on sidewalks that shouldn't happen okay yeah. and the point is i felt safer riding around on the scooter so i was in the swamp and i was you know forced to explore <laughs> an alternative means of transportation i cannot tell you how many people i know that have broken bones off of those little scooters yeah because the thing that um some people have learned the hard way mm-hmm. is the minute that those wheels are no longer touching pavement mm-hmm. they lock up right yeah. so one will catch and you will go over the bars. And I, I've had friends of mine who have come up to Washington, D.C. to visit, and they think it's all cute until they end up with a broken hip. <laughs> you know, and these are like 30 year olds running around with broken hips and broken <laughs> bones. And 
Yeah, it's a thing. Get out. We'll get on an electric bike, honey. It would be great. <laughs> There's a traffic circle every ten feet. What could go wrong? And you're dodging the homeless, every- you know. <laughs> and and you know, if you're lucky, you can witness a a carjacking on the left. You know, that's you know that's the new tour we should be doing, Jimmy. <laughs> Here on our left, you will witness uh, the new uh, carjackings of 2023. They don't even do you the courtesy of putting them up no, on no. the cinder blocks anymore. <laughs> Time was. Yeah. You know, a carjacker treated you right. He took the car, maybe put it up on blocks they don't do that anymore no, you know? definitely not in this city that's what we love about you cat hammock you 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 prioritize a class operation absolutely cat- i didn't even get to the drive-bys <laughs> we'll get there cat hammock is in studio we're excited about it we're doing the show from the dc swamp because i'm down here filming a top secret documentary for fox nation that my radio i tell my radio station everything okay there's 150 stations listening around the country that have a very high security clearance okay things i i can tell i tell them anything i tell them anything you want uh none of them are using private email servers so far as i know you, should, you shouldn't use password uh, is password one two three you shouldn't do that it's not this good. is not okay but we're talking, Cat Hammock, about all things America. So I want to start big box. Ooh. Okay. Big box, Cat Hammock. Um, there's this debt ceiling battle. I don't want to bore people to death with the debt ceiling. So what I say to them without getting into the wonkiness and procedural stuff. So if you look at the debt ceiling like you're just running an apartment or running a house. You have X mm-hmm. amount of income. You have Y amount of bills. Yeah. At some point, you have to stop accumulating debt at a rate. That outpaces your income, or it becomes harder to keep your apartment in operation. Absolutely. Can we oversimplify this conversation to that basic principle? Does it apply here? I think so. You know, I used to tell people that um, thinking about the debt ceiling was like uh, your septic backing up in your house. Okay. You know, and instead of pumping it out and, you know, making some fixes, Mm -hmm. you know, you just raise the roof a little bit and you're like, you know what? We're going to leave all this right here and we're just going to (laughs) build a little bit higher. That's kind of the equivalent of what we're dealing with. You know, certainly the cat's out of the bag. Uh-huh. The poop is out of the septic tank. It is backing up. It's not pretty. Right? <laughs> and so you have to deal with it. You know, yeah. no one's saying that we don't have to deal with it. But for me personally with this debt ceiling, it's not enough just to cap. It's not enough just to cut. It's not enough just to require all the things that we've been asking for and pushing all these different programs. We have to have structural reforms in how we do business. Mm-hmm. So things like the RAINS Act, for example – which takes on the regulatory regime, which uh, getting a little serious now. That'll do it, though. You know, it needs to be said. That's why we have you here. I, I mean, God, one you're, of us. Can you imagine the adult people? in the room? <laughs> it's terrifying when I'm the adult in That's the room. A bad, it's a bad <laughs> moment. Believe me. Oh, man. But, you know, think about that. The real swamp, you know, you can get rid of your Congress critter. Mm. But – your regulators, your nameless, faceless bureaucrats that dwell in basements all over this city, mm-hmm. that's the real swamp. Yeah. And they are going out making law, enforcing law. They have really subverted the Article One authority of Congress to take on the role of a legislator and executor yeah. of that law. Yeah. And so when you think about what that's doing to Americans, it costs us $2 trillion every single year in just added fees and compliance Ooh. on the regulations alone. Yeah. I mean, Florida, for example, each family in Florida is now paying $14,000 more this year because of just the new regulations that Biden has added. Dude, come on, Cat Cam. There's no way to live. I know. I'm trying. But when you speak to this, this is part of my frustration, is the Democrats rhetorically Mm -hmm. a little dramatic. Like you're being labeled an economic terrorist. (laughs) I'm like, wait, wait, for wanting to manage the debt. I was like, like, listen to me. 
I, I, I could never I could never espouse or endorse terrorism of any kind. Mm. But if there's a sleeper cell on the other side of the world <laughs> that wants to come here and just balance our checkbook, God. like I support them. I support their <laughs> sleeper cell. You know, Jimmy, it used to be that it was really hard to get on the terrorist list. You know, yeah, yeah. like to be labeled a terrorist was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. You know, now it's like you show up in the room and you, you know, you blink wrong and it's like <laughs> you are a racist. You are a terrorist. You, you are sexist. You know who else blinked? Hitler blinked. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? What just happened here? Oh, man, you brought the H word in. <laughs> Drink the water. You know who else drank water? It's exactly. so crazy. Exactly. But I, but I don't know how you get things done. That's what makes it so hard. Like another example would be in Florida. So the NAACP laughably mm. issuing a travel advisory <laughs> telling black people to avoid the state of Florida. Unreal. But that's – yeah, that's just like shameless political posturing. Mm-hmm. And it makes it that much harder to have a productive conversation. Yep. And there's no advisory to, I don't know, like Chicago, Baltimore, Philadelphia, you no. know, St. Louis, nothing like that. No. So you're saying skip Florida and go to Chicago where everyone's getting killed? This is like the, the girl in high school that is so desperate for attention that, you know, they'll accuse people of any kind of crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll, they're just desperate. Mm-hmm. This is desperation on their part. Yeah. Putting out a travel, a travel advisory. Meanwhile, 78 people in Chicago over the weekend are getting shot. Yeah. Give me a break. Imagine that, NAA. CP and we're <laughs> we're people who care. I mean it just it's just such a shameless time to be alive because I don't think people are mindful. Like we get lectured a lot about like rhetoric and uh, yeah. got to tone it down. <laughs> but the people doing the yelling are the worst ones because mm-hmm. they're catering to emotion. Yes. Like you don't have a fact that says black people are being targeted in Florida. You don't you're not armed <laughs> with that fact. So when the NAACP says this, they're armed with emotion. Right. You know. I, I call this angertainment. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good line. I mean, seriously, think about it. It is entertainment. These are the people that tweet in all caps. These are the people who, oh. yeah, they want to get out there and we're fighting the good fight. This is outrageous, right? Uh-huh. Never mind the fact that there is a distinct difference between fighting and fighting to win. Yep. These people are out there fighting in their own special way, but it's all about clicks. It's all about dollars. They don't actually care about solving a problem. And when I think long and hard about the the Democrats and their whole dependency and control agenda, their whole system of power is derived from problems. Yeah. They don't ever want to fix anything. Good point. You know? Grievance. Ice Cube, the rapper, O'Shea oh. Jackson. Yeah. Said on a podcast over the weekend yes. that they have black people need to reconsider their support for the Democratic Party because it's true. Mm-hmm. It's 50 or 60 years of voting exclusively Democrat, mm-hmm. so much so that Biden told black people they didn't have a choice. Yeah. Can you imagine the level of entitlement... <laughs> Just give me the vote. Hey, shut up. Give me the vote. Can you? Can there's you, no deliverable. Can you imagine if Trump had said that, though? Oh. Yeah, right? Yeah. Dude, Tim Scott couldn't say that. No. And he's black. <laughs> they're like, who's this guy telling us how to vote? What is he kidding me? He's racist. Oh, my but God. But Biden said it. They're like, yeah, come on down. We love you, Joe. <laughs> oh, Grandpa Joe. Oh, that is something. Oh, get him out of the basement. What a dumb time to be alive, Clown Cam Kamek. But we will continue to educate the masses when we come back on Fox Across America. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You talk about an embarrassment of radio riches. One of my top 
30 guests in studio. I'm kidding. I'm just breaking it down a little bit. We had such a nice moment off the air. Cat Kamek is here. We love Cat Kamek. It's a fan favorite on the show. I don't want to butter you up too much. My goodness. Well, and just so y'all y'all know, folks, he mm. just spilled his iced coffee all over himself. That's, <laughs> it's not that, on me. That, it's, <laughs> it's not actually on me, but it was it was places. It was it was there was it was somewhere. You're uh, a mess. Absolutely. We, we were just so you guys know, because I tell you everything on this show. We were thirty seconds away from Cat bringing us back from break. Because I was out of the studio. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I was trying to drink a nice coffee, hold my life together, Kamek. And what I attempted to do was the coveted two-cup transfer. Yes. Which you're never supposed to do anywhere near a radio console or anywhere in a studio. Keyboards. Nothing electronics. like that. But it wasn't, thankfully, I was a professional and didn't do it in the proximity of such things. But the point is, okay, I was, educa- I was executing a transfer. And mm. might have been guilty of a slight overpour. Yes. It happens. Well, and I was very concerned about the fact that your white pants might get stained. In the <laughs> I'm not wearing them today. <laughs> but I did wear them on TV. It takes a special kind of guy. <laughs> They're just happy you're wearing pants, Jimmy. <laughs> it's a whole new me. <laughs> it's a whole, a whole new guy. Uh, Cat Hammock's in studio. We're talking about America. We're talking about the state of America. It's America. a dumb time to be alive. Ice Cube says that black Americans should consider ditching the Democratic Party. For a multitude of reasons that we agree on, there aren't really any deliverables other than calling other people racist. But my question to you, Kat Kamek, is how much Ice Cube have you listened to in the day? Oh, my gosh. Right? I loved Ice Cube. In I, the 90s, he was I'm like the guy. You, yes. I, okay, you pull up my, my Pandora, my Spotify right now. You will find an, a 90s rap channel. Ooh, ooh I bet uh-huh. we will. Yes. Ice Cube. And Ice Cube is in Friday, of course. What the hell did you just say? That's a cult classic. Oh, uh, Friday's an all-timer. Um, but Ice Cube, he carries weight. And I think what's happening, okay, because there's, a, there's a, a genuine concerted effort on the left not mm-hmm. to bring this conversation to a place of substance. <laughs> they don't want to, meaning they, yeah. they don't want to, like. They don't want to have this conversation. No, you know, because yeah. what's the deliverable? Exactly. I mean, there's something that um, uh, was said to me a couple months ago that has really stuck with me. And it was from a woman named Donna Jackson. She has been working to uh, really educate folks in the black community about the fact that the Democrat Party has not delivered, just like Ice Cube was saying. And she's proposed solutions. She goes out. She gets people registered. And she was sitting in front of one of our committees and said something um, to the effect about the impact that inflation was having on the black community around the country. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we all know this is historic 40-year high inflation. This is a direct result of Joe Biden and his horrible policies. And somebody said, you know, are you living paycheck to paycheck like a lot of us? And she says, no, we're not living paycheck to paycheck. We're living paycheck to Wednesday and borrowing the rest. Oh, man. Come on, Biden. Right? That just, like, hits you. Yes. And it made just perfect sense. And the way that it hit was just – that was that was a bomb of truth yeah. hitting the room. And, you know, all these liberals were looking at her like, dang, she's right. And I want to disagree. But, mm-hmm. ah, man, yeah. you know, it, it was that Killer. little that little nerve that got hit. And so when you think about it, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. This is not sustainable, the path that the Democrat Party is on, right? It's not good. Like the Statue of Liberty is going to be selling feed picks pretty soon <laughs> so we can make ends meet as a country. Like it's a bad time when Lady Liberty has got to get on OnlyFans. Oh, But Lord. we're headed in that direction, Kat Kamek. I'm not happy about it. there. Yeah, well, we talk about people struggling to make ends meet. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Your fave. Uh, <laughs> good for you. 
Uh, they told such a funny story about a high-speed car chase in New York last week. And I, without even getting into the logistics of that, I talked about it a lot when I was guest hosting Gutfeld because as a former cab driver, I can tell you, you can't I drive anywhere. I your opinion on this. Was yes. it real? Was it legit? Oh, I was completely fake. You can't get in a high-speed car chase in New York. I've you said this. Right. No, no, no. New York is – if a guy used – I had made this point the other night on Gutfeld. I say New York's the only city where bank robbers flee on foot because it's faster. Okay, you don't <laughs> – You've never turned on the news. It'd be the greatest, like, high-speed car chase ever. It'd be like, you know, a bank robber was caught today just three feet outside the bank he robbed. <laughs> he was pulled over by a cop riding a turtle on 49th Street. <laughs> now you can't go anywhere. It was a scam. But the point is what they're glomming onto is celebrity victimhood. Yes. Feel bad for me. Yes. I'm impressed. Listen, how they didn't think, you know, to get those little scooters that you were on earlier. <laughs> that would have actually. Only Harry only- and Megan. Had invested in the Jimmy Fallon DC <laughs> transportation plan. You can outrun the paparazzi mm-hmm. and the drunk white chicks that in turn on the hill. Cat it's terrifying, mm-hmm. but yes, to your point though, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the the victimhood culture that Thank you. it plays right into the angertainment. I'm angry, but I don't know, really know what I'm angry about. Oh, it's so right? silly. And and then they're talking about reparations in California. That's enough. I mean, didn't Jay Z and Beyonce just buy a three hundred million dollar? Yeah, they're home? doing fine. Thank you, Cat. <laughs> that's why you book Cat Kamek. Thanks. We'll always have this girlfriend. Always. There it is. Fox Across America. The main man, Jimmy Fallon. Kat Kamek in studio, whispering sweet nothings. I was actually talking about Botox. I know. Botox <laughs> and comedy and stand-up gigs in Florida. But we still love you, Kat Kamek. It's always a good time. Uh, we are in studio. I'm at the D.C. Bureau. For those of you wondering why I'm down in the swamp, no, I'm not, like, running for office. I'd never pass the background check. You're but- perfect. <laughs> Actually, Have you seen the people on the other side? It's you know it is isn't that funny though, Kat? Because you grew up with such a reverence for who serves in Washington, <laughs> but now you become one of them. You know, and you get the look inside that tent. It's a little underwhelming, is oh, it not? You know, every time I walk up the steps of the Capitol to go vote, I get these butterflies. I'm like, man, how did I get here? Yeah. You know, it's just incredible. Then you start meeting your colleagues, and they have the personality of a doorknob, yeah. and you're like, how the right. hell did Boom. you get here? Yes. All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> Your office is in the Rayburn building. Yes. Beautiful. Okay, so I was just in the Rayburn building interviewing uh, Representative Jordan, Mm -hmm. who was on the show earlier today. Great guy. What's the deal with people not, like, smiling and saying hello in that building? Is it common? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes. So here's the deal. Just I'll give you my experience, and maybe yours are different. But I'm walking around, and the way I am at Fox mm-hmm. is very much I'm a dog with a job. Tails wagging, happy to see people, <laughs> force multiplier of positive energy. I say hello to everybody. You're a golden retriever. I know the janitors. I know when their kids' birthdays are. Some of them shame. I, some of them watch Fox. I record birthday videos for them. But I know everyone in the building, everyone. I know every guy in the mailroom because I'm friendly. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking around the Rayburn building, mm-hmm. and it just—it can literally be you and another person in the hall. Yeah, and there's not even like a, an eye contact, sometimes acknowledgement of existence, <laughs> which is so foreign to me. Yes, is it because people are playing defense, or are they just not friendly? Like, what is it a byproduct of? So this is just 
little mm-hmm. cat cam acts opinion. Yes, of course but, it is. Um, I will tell you that DC is um, Hollywood for ugly people, right? So, <laughs> every- and you said I was perfect. Good for you. All right. You have um, a pulse and a personality. There's that. That matters. I mean, honestly. Okay, continuing. Anyways, uh, we. We see these people in the hallways. They never say hi. They never acknowledge your existence because they need to gauge your level of importance, right? And yeah. it's typically the ones with the staff badges, uh-huh. you know, or the media badges. And yeah. they're trying to gauge, like, is this a, a, a senior member of Congress, it's a, a junior? It's a, a climber town. Yeah, yeah. And it then the interns are, are particularly the ones that, that will size you up and down. Like, Th- that's if, it's a mem- if you're a member, they yeah. will smile. They'll say hello. But, man, if you're a fellow staffer, mm -mm. That is funny because I'll tell you this. Uh, I walked down to Jordan's office once to say hello before we shot Be Real. I know a lot of his staff. Yeah. So I walked down just little old me in my my swanky blue sport coat I was wearing. Red tie, pop nice. Yeah, no, I look good. And uh, I showed up at his office, threw a few fist bumps around to the staff. But nobody in the, you know, quarter of a mile I walked to get there acknowledged my existence. When I was done fist bumping them, I made a U-turn, now armed with a camera crew of 12 people to walk oh. outside and shoot B-Rule, and I made a lot of friends. I bet. Isn't that funny? It's was, a climby town. It is. It is. No one's surprised by that, though, but maybe – was your fly down the first time around? Uh, yes. That's what it was. Oh. Mm. So you got to be there a little more. You put in the time, you'll get a little – because it's weird. I smiled at a lot of people who gave me like a <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, like not a smile back, like a physical acknowledgement of my existence, but no like verbal cue or smile. Just right. like, yes, I'm looking at a human as well. But that's it. That's all. It's yes. Yeah. They're, they're, Washington is not known for their people skills, right? Isn't that weird, though? <laughs> In a business that is dominated by being good with people, yes, there's not a lot of people that actually have that skill. Well, that's what I bring it up because it makes me wonder, like, how in touch could they possibly be with everyday people? If they're not even armed with the ability to say hello in a hallway. I think that's the irony of it, right? I mean, I think that's why everyday Americans like us are so frustrated with Washington because, you know, like I'll walk around to Walmart and, you know, I feel right at home. Yeah, you do. You know, my first house that my husband and I bought, um, you know, we started out in a double wide and we've kind of worked our way through life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just who we were no political connections no mm-hmm. nothing and you know you get people who are like generational yeah. wealthy and you know they just they lived a completely different life different world and that's okay yeah but you still have to acknowledge people and and build You'd those think. relationships so do you say hello in the hallways or absolutely you- they think i'm crazy <laughs> I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, hey, happy Monday. Happy that, Friday. That is so funny because the official greeting of the Rayburn building is me. <laughs> That's actually, I don't know what it means. That's about what you get. But not when Kat Kamek is on the floor, not when Kat Kamek is in our studio. It's a tornado. We are, but a good one, like a, a, good, a, good, a good tornado. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about all things America. Uh, we've, we've covered a lot, uh, but one of the things that I was told when I got to D.C., uh, is that I would have to pay for my hotel because I hadn't snuck into the country illegally. <laughs> how how do we reverse this for a guy like me? I'm kidding. Uh, isn't it so bananas that, that American citizens have taken such a backseat under this administration? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. I'm surprised, honestly, you didn't go up to uh, the vice president's house. You could have had Yo, you know, a hotel room, I met vouchers. Do you know I met Dougie at a party? No. Dougie Emhoff, the second gentleman. The du- second dude. Second dude. Yeah. He was just like, help me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 
I'm kidding, but he was polite. But I met him with Amy Klobuchar, and to her credit, she wasn't eating salad with a comb. Weird. She was just—they were just chatting, and he was, you know, cordially friendly. Mm. But the poor guy—he didn't mean, pass it, you a note, like you know, like sometimes you'll open a box of Nikes, and there's that note in there that says, "Please help," you know, I nothing mean, the, like that. Imagine being the guy who has to listen to Kamala talk about her day. Oh. Because I, like, wow. I don't want to hear Jenny talk about her day. And Jenny's interesting and brilliant and funny. <laughs> and she still knows I don't want to hear it anyway. Like, you know, at the Oscars, if the speech goes too long, they play the orchestra, plays the yeah, person off. Yeah, to try off. to cut them off. Yeah, like sometimes Jenny will be talking to me and I'll be like, nah, 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 nah. like I'll play the orchestra off and she'll just laugh at me. It's funny. That, but that I, woman deserves a medal. Oh, beyond a medal. She doesn't care. She just <laughs> deserves some self-worth so she could leave. You know what I mean? That's it. But she, Terrible. God love Jenny Phaler, the best of the best. But I can't imagine being, yeah, the common the first dude or the second dude who has to put up with this oh redundancy gosh. over and over and over again. But again, when you talk to the people who represent us in office, mm-hmm. underwhelming you when you get to meet them. Yeah. Has there ever been a less underwhelming president and vice president than the ones we're dealing with? No, no. I mean, I'd rather read the encyclopedia backwards um, <laughs> than, than try to strike up a conversation. It's just it is it, it is. There's no warmth, right? There's no sense. There's certainly Bizarre. with the president, it's just, you know, glassy eyed and kind of zoned out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when the guy takes the cues from the Easter Bunny and is shaking hands <laughs> with invisible people on stage, oh. it's, you, know, you know what the problem with the Easter Bunny video is? What? It's not. Were you were the Easter Bunny? <laughs> Good for you, Kamek. <laughs> so listen to me. Okay. And people who are listening, listening along right now, go back and watch the video of Biden being interrupted by the Easter Bunny. And I implore you to do as well. Okay. okay? It's not that they have someone from the press team strategically interrupting him and they happen to be dressed as the Easter Bunny. We get that that's what it is, right. okay? It's that if you go back and look at the video, his initial reaction is that he believes he met a talking bunny. <laughs> go watch the video. When you watch the video, the bunny talks to him. I'm not kidding. No, and he looks at it. And he goes like, ah! And then waves Jill over. He's like, Do you got to see, see this. this. You got to see this. It's a talking this. bunny. It's a talking bunny. And they're like, no, no, you shouldn't be talking to the press right now. Go away. And he's like, oh, man. But the next time you watch the video, everyone listening, you can Google this on your phone right now. He looks like he believes he met a talking bunny. It's stunning. I will have to go. All right, team, go cue it up. We're going to have to go watch that. Yep. That and, is hilarious. And last, since you mentioned Biden shaking hands with invisible people, this is the one defense I need to put to bed because people have defended this. Oh. This is what they say. All right. They go, oh, are you looking at that still photo? Of him. Um, no, no, but stick with me. It doesn't matter. Let's assume it is a still photo because this is what they say. Mm-hmm. They go, it's a still photo. But if you were to watch the video, you'd see he's not shaking hands. He's pointing. To which I say, it's not the hand gesture. It's the fact that there's no one there. There's no one there. He could be fist bumping. He could be handshaking. He could be high-fiving. The fact that there's not a person on the other side is what we're concerned with. Yep. But that's how Democrats avoid substantive engagement. They go, mm-hmm. oh, the Republicans are lying. They said he shook hands with invisible people. He was only pointing at the invisible person. <laughs> oh, in that case, give him the car keys. What could go wrong? God. Come on, oh, Cat Hammock. I want, I want you to start writing his cue cards. Imagine. Oh, come on. That'd be so fun. Well, yeah, if he read them. That's the other thing. You can't <laughs> promise yourself. I mean, how big is this font? What are we talking about here? You get 80 words. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kat Kamek, we've apparently gotten enough words. Uh, your press team, someone just put a gun in their mouth. I'm kidding. But no, <laughs> they are giving us the got to go thing. Uh, go represent the American people. Do good stuff. I appreciate get it. Get people to smile and say hello in the Rayburn building. Yeah, no, no more personalities of a brown paper bag. Got it. <laughs> Come on, Rayburn building. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I miss you already, girlfriend. Thank you. Take care. We're back after week. this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Do you know how to This is...
is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon wrapping things up down here in Washington, D.C. I am back in New York tonight, scheduled to be on the Sean Hannity Show in the 9 o'clock hour. There's a lot going on on the telly this week. Uh, if you're watching the Fail Vision, and if you missed me uh, over the weekend, uh, we posted a lot of the Gutfeld clips from me hosting Gutfeld. It is on the Fox Across America website, which is foxacrossamerica.com. It is also on the Fox Across America Facebook page. And if I haven't returned any of your messages, I've been returning my messages on the Fox Across America page. I got behind because of traveling by like a few hundred messages. Like there are some days where I get four, you know, a couple hundred messages, and I try to return every one of them myself. And uh, I'm a little behind right now, but I'll get to you guys by the end of the week. Don't you worry. Your radio buddy's coming around. Hold it together now. Uh, But, yes, there's a lot of that going on. And tomorrow morning I will be on Fox and Friends at 640 Eastern Standard Time. I'll be on with Stuart Varney in the 11 o'clock hour on Fox Business. Uh, I am also scheduled to be on Fox Business in the 6 p.m. hour with Dagan and Duffy. And then tomorrow night uh, I am scheduled to be on Waters World. But pending logistics, you might see me on Hannity. You didn't hear it here, but uh, we got a lot going, a lot of moving parts having to do with travel and shoots and blah, blah, blah. The point is I tell you guys way too much. Why? Because I am not the star of Fox Across America. We are. It's our show. It's like a regular guy got his hands on one of these and was like, hey, what if we actually uh, did something cool in the media where we all had like a voice? We didn't have to agree. People could disagree. It doesn't matter. Okay, I'm just a talk show host. You know, when I get on the air every day, I'm not sitting here trying to convert people. I'm not, you know, hey, you got to see it my way because that's the point of this show. No, man. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Who the heck wants to do that show? It just sounds exhausting. I got to yell at you all day, make you agree with me. You don't want to agree with me. Do you see the things I wear on TV? Some of these outfits I'm wearing at nighttime, you're like, what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) Ah, Good for you. Uh, But here's the deal. Okay, if you missed us in Clearwater, Florida over the weekend, uh, Kennedy and I had just an outrageously good time down in Florida. Uh, Tampa was great. We went to Charlie's Fantastic Steakhouse. Uh, Shout out to Alexis and the crew there for having us. Really treated us well. Uh, We were in Ybor City smoking cigars Friday night. It was absolutely epic. Uh, Saturday, we ate brunch at a place called Dats, D-A-T-Z. Off the hook good. I mean, really, like, next level good. Kennedy had shrimp and grits. I don't doubt you'll hear about it on the show later this week when she stops by. But it was really good. And the Clearwater uh, experience at the Capitol Theater, just really second to none. If you guys are listening, like, take another bow. I mean, we no one has treated us better. Uh, and to be clear, people are great to us on the road. So the bar is very high. Uh, but it was just a world-class experience all around. And the Q&A went completely off the rails from Word 1. Uh, but we had so much fun. <laughs> it was so crazy. Uh, and I, for one, will never forget it. So seriously, thank you. Uh, our next stops are June 3rd in Davenport, Iowa, uh, June the 10th in Mesa, Arizona, June the 24th. We're at the Lexington Opera House in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, then we'll be in Holland, Michigan, July the 8th, and I will be in the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's, Ohio, July the 29th. And then I'm back on the road with Kennedy on August the 25th in Henderson, Nevada at the Green Valley Ranch. 
But as we round things out with me and you today on the radio, I wanted to circle back to Tim Scott for a minute. He, of course, launched his presidential campaign today. And the hot rumor is that DeSantis will also launch uh, later this week. We're assuming on Thursday you'll get a presidential announcement from Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Well, I don't doubt Trump's going to be tough on him. Uh, But Tim Scott is the team nobody wants to play. I'm not saying he's going to win. Okay, he's not polling in the top five right now. But he is armed with the most money, and he is armed with the best story. So don't sleep on him just yet. But here is Tim Scott talking about himself, clip 37. We live in the land of opportunity. We live in the land where it is absolutely possible for a kid raised in poverty, in a single-parent household, in a small apartment, to one day serve in the people's house, and maybe even the White House. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Understand, the Democrats feel so entitled to black support that Joe Biden didn't get in trouble for telling black people they didn't have a choice. I mean, it's bananas. Okay, and they're going to take that same approach towards a DeSantis and a Trump and, yes, a Tim Scott. I mean, it's just going to be more embarrassing if they aim that stuff at Tim Scott. But the real reason they're so threatened and the real reason they will aim so much bile at a guy like Tim Scott is because he is speaking to the America we live in for real, not the America the Democrats pretend we're living in, which we're oppressed you know, you don't have a chance. We're systemically biased. It's a white supremacist. I mean, it's all garbage. But Tim Scott speaks to the reality that we are a land of opportunity and not oppression. They hate that. Here it is, clip 38. I was seven years old when my parents divorced. We moved in with my grandparents, my mom and my brother. We all three shared one bed and one bedroom in that 700-square-foot rental home. But my grandfather said to me, son, you can be bitter. Or you can be better, but you can't be both. You see, he chose patriotism over pity. He focused on the windshield of his life and not on the rearview mirror. And today, I'm living proof that America is the land of opportunity and not a land of oppression. Somebody who can really force the conversation back to where we're living instead of where we pretend to live is somebody I could support. Like Tim Scott would, would be the greatest thing that could happen to this country right now, uh, which means it might not happen. That's <laughs> just not the way it works right now. We're not working on substance. OK, our politics, the whole point of the show, OK, is that I'm trying to have honest conversations. You can disagree with me. Uh, But I want everything to be based in substance. I want everything to be based in fact. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. That old thing. Or shut up. Okay. That's the kind of show we prioritize. So we get on the air. We're usually armed with facts. Okay. If we're giving you an opinion, it is based on facts. We are not selling you emotion as fact. Sadly, our politics have descended into an exercise in hyper-reductive, hyper-partisan mudslinging. 
Okay, the fact that Tim Scott will get on there and say, hey, I was born into a black family at a time when the Deep South was really racist and the Democrats had the boots on our necks and we had this ridiculous Dixiecrat thing happening and Joe Biden was eulogizing Klansmen. I overcame all of that and I'm running for president. That's uplifting as opposed to the crap they're selling us now. So bravo, Tim Scott. Good luck out there. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.